Hey, great podcast today for you. If you're into space and UFOs, believe it or not, we start there because Congress is having open hearings on UFOs. Not that that's going to matter, but it actually kind of does matter, especially when it comes to our schools. And we tell you what's what the latest is with your science teachers and, and the uh, National Science Teaching Association. Yeah, uh, holding seminars, instructing teachers on how to queer their classroom. Also, more trouble in Virginia schools. Um, you've, got, you've got kids uh, in middle schools, middle schools, that are now being charged with sexual harassment because they won't call their friend a them, they. And when you see the ramifications of that, it's quite amazing. Also, we uh, talked to you a little bit about what happened in Buffalo, the truth of the eco-socialist racist that did the shooting and who's really behind the uh, article in the Rolling Stone, the editorial about, oh my gosh, Republicans are just so incredibly racist. Also, we have Dave McCormick on. He's running for Senate in uh, the great state of Pennsylvania and so much more, including ESG. Oh, and something that everyone has to pay attention to from the WHO. It's all on today's podcast. Don't miss it. You're listening to... The best of the Glenn Beck program. All right, I want to start here. And believe me, we're going to get back to school in a second, and you'll see the transition. A House Intelligence Subcommittee today is holding the first congressional hearing on UFOs in 50 years. Now, I don't know if the world has been paying attention to what is happening uh, with the Pentagon and UFOs. But is, I think, the biggest story possibly of any of our lifetimes may be the biggest story in all of human history. But let's talk about misgendering. What's happening right now is the uh, Congress has decided to call a hearing on UFOs because... There are things that are happening that for the very first time, uh, the Navy and our military can actually track these UFOs. In the past, you haven't been able to track them. You've only had pilots to say, I swear to you, I saw this. But they move so quickly, at least the ones now, that they could never lock on to them. We have locked on to some sort of a ship with, as it's described, no apparent propulsion system, no heat signature, nothing. And they are moving at high speed, and we have tracked them, locked onto them for weeks at a time. They move in ways that are beyond our understanding of physics, uh, and... We have seen them up close. They seem to be, according to the Pentagon, um, I can't say targeting, um, observing our nuclear weapons. 
they have been hovering over our some of our Navy, naval bases. They have engaged in dogfights with our pilots. They have shown that they are way beyond our technology or understanding. So you're left with two things. Now that we have verified, we're left with two things. Are they otherworldly or is that China that has developed technology so far ahead of us that there's no chance of defeating them? From what I have discussed with members of the Pentagon that have been part of this uh, search, they say that they just don't believe that it's China because the technology is so far ahead that it would affect the rest of your society. There's no way you could develop just that and not let it bleed into other things. It's too great of a leap. So we don't think that it is China. There's also evidence that we have now collected that shows their the metals that these things are made out of are otherworldly. They're they're um, uh, alloys that we have no idea how to make, and we don't recognize some of the uh, metals in the alloy. So, Congress is going to ask: Are these weather balloons? Uh, yeah, is it something else? Adam Schiff is the guy who's leading this. So I don't expect anything to come from this um, meeting in Congress, this hearing. Everything that is worthwhile is going to be confidential, and they want these to be open hearings. This, in my opinion, is uh, really for those who are paying attention or for those who just want a salacious story about UFOs. But we're, we're not really going to get any information, I believe. Now, I want you just to listen, uh, just listen to this. The government has said that UAP, that's UFOs, probably lack a single explanation. Neither classified nor unclassified reports from the government rule out space aliens. But other possible explanations like airborne clutter, like birds or balloons, natural atmospheric phenomena like ice crystals, highly classified U.S. government programs or foreign adversary systems from Russia, China or other countries. I don't believe any of those, but it could be. Let's assume they say it's another country, another nation or another group that is operating something that we don't understand. This according to the Heritage Foundation Senior Fellow for Naval Warfare and Advanced Technology. That's definitely a security threat that we can't necessarily defend against because you can't defend against something that you just don't understand. So we are looking at technology now that defies the laws of physics. Now, let me bring it back to school. The National Science Teaching Association has just held a seminar. Remember, we are talking about possible alien life. What are the ramifications of that? We are also talking about if it is alien life, what do they want? Why are they here? Why are they now presenting themselves and sending a message, this is what Pentagon says, sending a message to us 
We are beyond your capability of stopping us. So don't try. The message is very clear and correct. So if it is aliens, why are they here? What do we do? If it's not aliens, somebody has technology here on Earth that is way beyond our understanding. We don't even understand the alloy. So as we are raising our children and looking for tomorrow's scientists, the National Science Teaching Association has just held a seminar calling, uh, called Queer Your Classroom. It happened on April 2nd, instructing teachers on, quote, simple tricks and strategies to affirm and represent queer students who are marginalized in science. This seminar, led by Bronx High School of Science, uh, the chemistry teacher there, Jamie Kubrick, who goes by they and he pronouns, which do not work. You can't be a he and a they. It's not possible. And I'd go as far as saying, you can't be a they. But I digress. He instructed attendees on how to affirm and represent queer identities and make impactful changes to K through 12 curriculum. He instructed teachers on the on the Glisten Gender Triangle Education Guide, which defines gender attribution, gender identity, and gender expression, explaining that there's a common mis- uh, misconception that gender and sex are the same thing. But they're not, according to his presentation slides. This is put together by Glisten, a national advocacy organization, which aims to, quote, transform K through 12 schools into a safe and affirming environment. Um, okay. Uh, Parents for Defending Education say this is just more political activism. I guess. What? What are you kidding me? In the presentation, uh, the, um, the instructor provided simple strategies for queering the classroom, which includes a suggestion that teachers replace any terms or phrases that reinforce the binary, like prom king or prom queen. Do you see what's happening? Do we have the Michelle Obama quote? Can you pull that up real quick, Sarah? They are changing everything. Just like Michelle Obama said in 2007. And Barack knows that we are going to have to make sacrifices. We are going to have to change our conversation. Uh, We're going to have to change our traditions, our history. We're going to have to move into a different place. We have done all of those things, and we're being told now we have to make sacrifices. We have to make sacrifices. I'm sorry. If you want to fight this war in Ukraine, we're going to have to, well, cause starvation all around the world. You're going to have to pay $6 a gallon for gasoline because Barack knows we have to make sacrifices. We have to change the way we talk to each other, our conversations. Have we done that? We have to change our traditions. Have we done that? Teachers are instructed to ask students for their gender pronouns rather than assuming gender identity or misgendering with incorrect pronouns and use terms like everyone and you all instead of saying you guys. 
A sample student information survey included in the slides asked students for their gender pronouns, if these pronouns can be used front in the class, and which pronouns the teacher should use when contacting the family. This is, again, undermining the family. So not only are we taking science and making it all about gender studies, and let me go on, the presentation suggests queer ideology can be implemented into every subject, including history, math, English, Spanish, and science. The instructor said, in my chemistry class, I've infused talking about gender and sexuality, even when it doesn't seem like it could even fit or that there would be time. For instance, when we talk about the electromagnetic spectrum, I can connect the word spectrum to how gender and sexuality can be a spectrum so students can understand that there's two ends, but values are possible in between. We are now facing a world that dis- that that is actually on a path by leaders for something called transhumanism do you know what transhumanism is it is the merging of man and machine and it will happen within the next 10 years we are facing a world of technological change like the world has never seen, you will not recognize your world in 2030. We are looking at a world that is going to change jobs. You will change what you're doing now. You won't be doing the same thing in 2030, 2035. Everything is about to change. And we're facing a threat either from China or from space and we don't know what it is and we're having our science teachers talk about the spectrum America this is a recipe for disaster pull your students out of school. If you can't afford there, let's put, let me put it this way. I understand. I really do understand. I didn't want to homeschool my kids. I, I don't feel qualified for it. My wife doesn't feel qualified for it, but I'll tell you this. Your kids will be better off. Even if you're not qualified for it, then learning this crap, this crap will sink your kids and your family. The teachers' unions are currently turning your children against you. There's no way for America to survive if they get our kids. And believe me, those both getting our kids, and ensuring America doesn't survive, both of those are goals of the teachers' union. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck Program. U.S. Senate candidate Dave McCormick joins us now. Hello, Dave. How are you? 
Hey, Glenn, how are you? Thanks for having me. You bet. You bet. Um, This is such an important race. We cannot lose this seat. Uh, And it, it is down to three of you. Uh, Donald Trump has has endorsed Dr. Oz, uh, which I, I don't understand. But um, Kathy Barnett was on with us last week. I think she's good. Uh, I have some questions, but I think she's good. And I wanted to make sure we talked to you today, uh, the day of the primary. So let's just start with with I know who you are, that you are a, you were a, a, a guy who went out and fought for our country you went to west point you were a paratrooper in the 82nd airborne with the uh, army i really appreciate all your service where do you stand on esg well listen i think what's happened well for, uh, first again thanks for having me you bet uh, I think what's happened in um in our business community and in in government with this shift towards wokeness it's the combination of really wokeness and weakness that um has made me want to run and really believing that's taking our country in the wrong direction. And the ESG is at the, is at the top of the wokeness list where essentially the idea of sustainability and the, and the broad ESG platform has, has permeated everything. It's become the highest order. It's become what's supposed to drive companies, what's supposed to drive our government. And I think it's taken us in a really damaging direction and it's, it's, it's thoughtless. It doesn't have a lot of rigor behind it. And, um, and I think it's bringing CEOs into the world of policy and politics which is exactly where they don't belong. And so I think it's a dangerous trend, but it's part of a broader trend where you see wokeness really chipping away at our institutions, our military, our schools, our business community. And, uh, and that's one of the reasons I'm running, to push back on, on the combination of those two things. So tell me about inflation. What is happening and what do we do to, to stop it? Yeah, I'm uh, driving around Pennsylvania in my pickup truck. I have a family farm here. I grew up here in, in Pennsylvania in a small town called Bloomsburg. Okay. One company town with the McGee Carpet Mill, which uh, uh, sadly has uh, mostly gone away at this point. And this is the issue that comes up over and over again is inflation. And it's the direct result of Joe Biden's terrible policies. Joe Biden's blaming on everybody but himself. That's the first thing I learned at West Point is leaders take accountability and he's taken none. And the, there's three things that he's done that have really driven it. The first is the enormous spending. What's happened in the last 18 months goes beyond anything in history in terms of the spike in spending. It's his terrible energy policy, which which overnight made us energy dependent. And of course, fuel costs is, is a primary component of inflation. That's And that's killing Pennsylvanians, working families, elders on uh, fixed income. This inflation and gas prices is, is just very damaging. And then he's, he's had a very um, socialist agenda and, and high regulation, which has hurt our economy and, uh, and, and really taken us back from the pro-growth policies of President Trump. So what do you do? Well, you show up on day one. I'm a guy who, who's been a CEO of two big companies. I ran a company that created 600 jobs in Pennsylvania. You have to reverse those things. You have to cut back on the spending quickly. Um, this is extreme and it's flowing into our economy and driving prices up. You have to reverse the energy policies, make us energy dominant deregulate our energy sector, create pipeline capacity, and you have to have pro-growth economic policies, Keep make the tax cuts permanent, and uh, reduce regulations. And that's, that's the magic formula. This isn't, uh, this isn't uh, a mystery. It's a, that's the magic formula for unlocking our economy. Joe Biden has done the opposite thing and not taken responsibility for it. Um, it. Parents all over the country are facing crazy things in their school. Would you... Def- would you uh, uh, 
defund and close down the Department of Education? Yes, I would. De- yeah, well, I certainly would. And I defund anything that's supporting the teaching of critical race theory in our schools or a distorted sense of American history. It's, it's outrageous that uh, the exceptional America that we all love and have benefited from um, the greatest country in the history of the world, that history is not being taught. Um, what's being taught is a history of apology, uh, all the things that are wrong about America as opposed to all the things that are right about America. And you can't even raise your hand to, to disagree or argue about it because of cancel culture. So I think what we learned in COVID uh, was that parents got a little closer look at what's going on in their schools and they, and they don't like what they see. They don't like what they see in terms of uh, the schools and school boards and local governments, you know, petty, petty tyrants telling them what they should do with testing and masks and uh, vaccines. They don't like the, the, the curriculum that's being taught. And they don't, haven't even historically had transparency on curriculum. It's only because you're sitting next to your kid while they're working from home that you see really what's being taught. And they don't like the sexualization that's being taught in the right. schools and when it's being taught by whom. And so I think we've got a crisis in our schools. Certainly the Department of Education is, is, is part of the problem. But the real problem is we don't have school choice. And so that's that's the way to create the right accountability is to uh, is to break the back of our current model. And the only way to do that is give parents and students choice, put the money with the kids. And I think you'll see a completely different system. It'll be disruptive as hell, but it's, it's very necessary. The border. Yeah, I went to see it. Um, you know, I've been following this carefully, obviously watching on TV. I, I went to Yuma uh, about uh, six, seven weeks ago. Brandon Judd, um, the president of the Border Patrol Union, has endorsed me. Um, Whatever you think you've seen until you've been there, it's worse. Um, The border is wide open. It's killing Pennsylvanians. We have a fentanyl crisis in Pennsylvania, 5,000 deaths last year. Um, The crime, the midnight flights, it's it's a top three issue for Pennsylvanians. And uh, it's it's an easy fix. You just have to go back to the policies President Trump had. Finish the wall. You can see the wall where I visited. There's a wall, and then there's big stacks of steel, and there's contractor trailers. By the way, the contractors got paid because even though the wall wasn't finished, went by the, the construction, and you got to reverse the catch and release. And um, and then we got to crack down on this fentanyl problem. And we and, and the border is the first step. Law and order uh, in our cities is the second step. We got a, a terrible district attorney in Philadelphia and, and we're not, we're not being tough enough on uh, drug crimes. We got to kill the cartels at the border. And, uh, and, and you know where that fentanyl is produced China. So we got to go hard at China on a, on a whole range of things, but we got to close down the fentanyl factories, which come to Mexico, go across the border 48 hours to get to the Northeast it is a big deal in Pennsylvania, Glenn. This is this is probably the thing on the campaign trail that surprised me the most was how big a problem we have in fentanyl. I, I had read right. about it, but it's terrible. It, eighteen of what is it? Eighteen to forty nine or eighteen to thirty nine year olds. Uh, it's the number one killer uh, in America. Yeah. Hundred and I think nine thousand, which is about fifty thousand more uh then uh died in covid i mean it is a massive massive problem that nobody's talking about um you are talk to me about you know you just mentioned china uh talk to me about what we're doing in ukraine would you have voted to the for the last 40 billion dollars to bring our aid up to ukraine to 58 billion absolutely not i'm i'm offended by it 
Um, but I'm offended for two reasons. I'm offended by the way this came about. $33 billion proposal from Biden makes its way to the to the Congress. Somehow along the way, $7 billion more gets, gets thrown on top of it. No hearings, um, no clear accountability, not sure, sure where the money is spent. So that's offensive. And then on top of it, $40 billion going out the door at a time when America's in crisis. We're in a crisis. You know, a fraction of that could finish that border wall I was just talking about. So I think um, the whole notion of doing that just shows how disconnected Washington is right now from the people I'm seeing in Pennsylvania every day. And they're, I mean, they're, they're angry, Glenn. You know this. They're angry about a lot of things. But it's stuff like this that makes them scratch their head and say, what the hell is going on down there? And, uh, and listen, as a business guy, as someone who's never been in politics, I can go down there and be a disruptor. I, I will look at things through the, through the lens of what makes sense, what's common sense, and what, uh, what do my conservative values that I've lived my whole life tell me we should do right now. And uh, my obligations will be only to the people of Pennsylvania, and I'm, I won't be afraid to break a little glass. Um, the, um, the U.S. military is just, it's being run by idiots and uh, uh, morons and uh, politicians, honestly, leftists. Can we, can we clear enough wood out of the top of the Pentagon to restore the credibility back? Well, you need, listen, you need, you need, um, you need war fighters. Uh, you need war fighters. There's, there's two problems that I see with our, with our current military. The first problem is the one you referred to where we've got, um, we've got a, a whole social hearing yeah. agenda that's high, the wokeness that I mentioned earlier. And that takes focus off of uh, war fighting. We have, we've got a bunch of leaders, both mil- uniformed and civilian that are much more worried about ESG and things like that than, you know, how do we go head to head with China? And so that's problem one. Problem two is I, I fear we're making the mistake that our military has made in the past, which is we're fighting uh, the last war, not the, not the future war. And when I look at what it's going to take to go head to head with China, uh, I don't think we're investing in the right things. I don't think we've got the right kind of innovative leadership. I think there's complacency. And I think, um, I think we're not on a path to be the dominant force in the world that we need to be. And, uh, you know, I'm subscribed to Ronald Reagan's line of peace through strength. And America needs to have the premier military in the world. And, and it may, needs to be clear that if you cross the line with America, the results will be devastating. And I, I fear that our military is taking us down a path where, where that's not the case. And then, of course, when you have incompetent leadership at the top, like Joe Biden and the debacle in Afghanistan, that 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 invites tyrants around the world to test us because they think uh, they think they found a soft spot. So one more question, and then I'll let you go, Dave. I know it's a busy day for you, but uh, we're talking to Dave McCormick. He is uh, running for U.S. Senate uh, in Pennsylvania. This is probably the number one race. Um, you know, um, some people don't understand why uh, Kathy is surging uh, in the polls here recently, and I think it is because, if I may translate, I don't think. Um, Republicans truly understand how done uh, Republican voters are with the Republican Party, how done they are with saying one thing and then getting in and and thinking you're fighting the same fight that we fought in, you know, 1985. Um, We are up against the wall. The Constitution is barely hanging on. We are in the fight of our life. Why should Pennsylvanians trust 
that you're going to go in and you're not going to be part of the McConnell, you know, Romney clan. Yeah. Well, listen, I think Pennsylvanians are zeroing in right now on um, on a couple of things. They feel like the country's slipping away. Uh, they know that this race is the most important race in their lifetime. They're trying to figure out who the candidate is that best shares their conservative values and, and agrees with what you said is going to fight for it. They're asking themselves who can win this general election because the stakes are so incredibly high. And they're, and they're asking themselves who has the experience to show up on day one and deal with the things you just asked me about, the border, inflation, because you, we don't have time for on-the-job training. We know what that looks like. That's Kamala Harris. That's on-the-job training, right? It's a disaster. And so um, I believe I'm that candidate, and that's the momentum that I'm feeling on the ground, because as people zero in on this, they don't want to take any risk. And as, with regard to Kathy, I know Kathy got to know her on the campaign trail. I admire her personal story, but she's been tested. She was tested 18 months ago and lost um, a congressional seat by, by 20 points, and now is under the spotlight. And listen, I've been under the spotlight for a long time. Um, and there's there's questions that all of us need to ask and she cer- or answer rather. And she certainly needs to answer all of those, including, you know, the support she has from the Club for Growth, which is a perfect example of a, of a big part of the establishment. So um, that's that's the state of the race. And um, I, I appreciate the opportunity to be with you. Glenn, the thing I would like to, to close with is uh, for your Pennsylvania listeners, I'm asking for their vote. Um, I've, I've, uh, you know, somebody asked me the other day if I'm America first, I've been America first, uh, since, uh, uh, at the age of 18, when I went to West Point and then, and then went to the 82nd airborne division. And I'm a conservative that, uh, has succeeded in business. I've lived the American dream and I want to have a chance to make sure that American dream is available for our kids. And it's not going to be unless we take significant, uh, change, corrective action right now. And, um, and I can be a big part of that change in the Senate on behalf of the great people of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. So thank you, sir, for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. Dave, it's great. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. That's Dave McCormick. You can follow him or find out more information if you uh, are are thinking of voting in Pennsylvania. Uh, Dave McCormick, PA.com. Dave McCormick, PA.com. The best of the Glenn Beck Program. He is the executive chairman of Second Vote Advisors and visiting fellow of the Heritage Foundation. I just have to go through his his resume here just for a second. Uh, uh, Hardee's and Carl's Jr., um, he's the one who really made them into what they are today. He was uh, the guy who started Carl's, uh, Carl's uh, Karchner's personal attorney in 86. He became the CEO in 2000, led the company out of serious financial difficulties. Under his leadership, they expanded to almost 4,000 restaurants globally. Currently, the executive chairman of the board of Second Vote Advisors. It's an investment firm formed in response to sh- sh- uh, sorry, uh, sh- stakeholder capitalism and the ESG movement. 
He is a frequent lecturer on economics and politics for various groups, as well as colleges and universities, senior fellow at Pepperdine University School of Public Policy, a visiting fellow, business and economic freedom at the Heritage Foundation, senior fellow at the America First Policy Institute, a member of the Reagan Institute's National Leadership Council, a director of the Job Creators Network, also on the Washington University Law School Board of Advisors, the State Financial Officers Foundation, National Advisory Committee, and the Advisory Board at Prager University. Obviously, <laughs> he has nothing to do with his day. Uh, how are you? I'm, I'm great. My wife keeps asking when this retirement thing yeah. starts. I, t- I told her this is it. You know, <laughs> this is it. I know, I know, I know. It, there's no, you know, the one word that it does not it is there's no word for it in the Hebrew language, and that is retirement. I don't think God intended us to nope. retire. Can't do it. Um, so let's talk about um, ESG, and I want to get to second vote because that's a real solution. But you just described ESG off air as the biggest threat to America in your lifetime. Yeah, it's, it's a real challenge to the core values of the Constitution. It's a threat to our democracy because it takes away the right to resolve things at the voting booth. This, uh, these large investment firms vote stock to compel companies to do things that they might not otherwise do, accomplish these progressive agenda items, and they do it as a shortcut around the ballot box Correct. because they can't, they, can, they can't get these things passed popularly. It's a threat to our economic freedom because they pressure CEOs rather than to pursue profit, which is the, the heart and soul of the free market capitalist system that's given us this incredible prosperity. They compel them to do things that are consistent uh, with this progressive uh, agenda, and it's a threat to our individual liberty because they use our money. They're using the money of red state pension funds. If you've got an investment, if you have any assets at all invested, you probably have investments with BlackRock, State Street, and Vanguard. Guarantee it. They will vote all of the shares they own with your money against your values and against your financial interests if they're pursuing these agenda, these uh, progressive agenda. So it's a, it's a real, it's a large, as you said earlier, it's the most severe threat to our nation and our freedom and our liberty in my lifetime. And I'll be 72 years old. That's about 30% of the country history so that's amazing um so when i first stumbled onto this two years two plus years ago i thought this is a conspiracy it, there's no way this is true and the more i looked into it and found the original sources i couldn't believe how well done it was and how far done it was are we i mean are we cooked here well, we're not cooked uh, because we can still react. And as you know from the conference you're having here yeah. as we speak, uh, state governments are beginning to react to this because they're finding that their their state funds are being invested to pursue things they, they were elected to oppose. Correct. Uh, so we can fight back. But look, it's... You know, like as I said, it it it's it's insidious. It's it what they did. I, you have to respect what the left did on this. It all of a sudden it appeared, and it looked. By the time yeah. I did, I discovered it about eighteen months, two years ago. And by the time I found out about it, it looked like we had lost already. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we we're fighting back now, so we haven't. But I mean, they affect your credit. You know, they're now talking about individual ESG scores. Yeah, which means that you individually will be may not get the credit score. You may not get the interest rate you want, or you may not get a bank loan because of the charity 
charities you contribute to. Maybe you contributed to your church's charity. That that could be held against you. Or you were in the paper or online standing up against the local school board. Or you supported a Republican candidate or a yeah. conservative candidate. All of these things will go into the ESG scoring, and you will be compelled to hide your religious beliefs. You'll be compelled to hide your political beliefs if you want a loan. If your kids want to buy a car, if they want to get insurance, they're going to have to hide who they are or what they do if we let this continue. And they say that... Um, you know, people will say, well, that's unconstitutional. And these are private corporations. Why not let them do that? And it's unconstitutional. They couldn't do it in the first place. Well, it's you're right. It's not constitutional. If there's any government support for this, that would tie them into the Constitution. Mm-hmm. And in fact, if you look at a number of people that are guiding the economic policies of the Biden administration came from BlackRock. Black and so th- there, there are ties here. The SEC, the Department of Labor, they're all working to advance this ESG agenda. It's almost dystopian. It, 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 it's 1984, and, and you it's don't even crazy. know it. And they, now they're even using phrases that come out of 1984, like yeah. this, this uh, what's, what's the group that's now going to judge whether or not yeah, we can the, say Yeah, uh, the uh, disinformation. Yeah. Uh, Government, governance board. Yeah. The yeah. Government. I mean, yeah. it's right out of George Orwell. I I, th- this is, this, these are scary times. This but is I don't very think scary stuff. people believe Americans were naive because it's never happened here. And so they don't think that, you know, you hear, oh, global governance, and they think, oh, well, that's just a conspiracy theory. And there's no way these banks, you know, because you immediately go to, it's a star chamber, and the Rothschilds are involved. And you're like, no, this, forget all of that stuff. But people don't believe it could happen here. Yeah, I was I was suspicious when they came out with stakeholder capitalism. I thought that was a ridiculous thing. I thought no right. business would no business would divert its intent from making a profit. That's what you do, right? That's right. how you're. But the more I looked into it, the more I found, my God, they are doing. And it's not it's not the CEOs of these companies who actually would. I think many of them like to make a profit and not be politically involved. Yeah, it's these fund managers that control. I think BlackRock alone control controls ten trillion dollars in investments if you look at blackrock state street and vanguard those are the three largest fund managers they manage our money they manage my money and your money combined they are the largest shareholder in 80 percent of the companies in the s p 500 Jeez. that's 80 percent of the largest publicly traded companies in america if you add them together they're the largest shareholder and they all they're all pursuing this esg agenda you know, radical environmental policy, critical race theory, human resource programs, uh, this so-called diversity hiring where you put people on your boards of directors, not yep. on, based on their qualifications or their character, but based on their race or their sex, which quite honestly, I've been fighting against my whole career. All of a sudden now it's the fashionable thing to do. This is, this is bad. This is a very, very serious threat. People need to take it seriously. Okay. So um, the first thing we can do is take our money out of these organizations but uh i know my own advisor said glenn you you gotta stay in they're gonna they're i mean they're they are the powerhouses and they are going to make all kinds of money make money with them and then use your money to fight against them that was the quote yeah i I think we need to change that now i think that they're they've become so powerful i said this is so insidious it's it's the kind of threat that we've always been warned about. It's a kind of threat that comes from within. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the reasons that now you, you uh, Vivek, my friend Vivek Ramasamy is 
talked about yep. coming out with a group that will have investments where you can put money and fight this woke capitalism thing. My friends, uh, Dave and Diane Black, already start, and, you, and who you know well, mm-hmm. have already started a group called Second Vote Advisors. Mm-hmm. I'm now the executive chairman of that group. And we offer, you can buy our products today. Vivek's products are probably coming right. out in the fall. But today we've got a, a pro-life product. Uh, where if you invest, it's L-Y-F-E, and you can get it on Ameritrade or have your broker get it for you. But if you and that invest, is a and, and that's a fund. Uh, that's an, an exchange-traded fund, an ETF. Okay. Yep. If you invest in it, you will not be investing in any companies that support abortion. Not only ones that not you, not only will you not be supporting companies that perform, but companies that you know make charitable contributions to Planned Parenthood or companies that are now talking about sending their employees to other states to get abortions. They will not be in that fund. And it's performed very well, beat the S&P 500 and the Russell 1000 consistently. <laughs> and we have a It's sec- amazing when companies, uh, you know, decide to just do what they do best, how good those companies can be. Well, we actually have uh, a fund coming out called the Shareholders First Fund, which will only invest in funds that are politically neutral, not left, not right. It's an ETF that should be out in the next month or two. We're in SEC approval right now. We're, we've got a prospectus on file. And the theory behind this fund is that um, companies that focus on making a profit will be more mm. profitable than companies that don't. Yeah. And I, I, people wow, they say, say that to me again, Professor. <laughs> that's pretty deep. But people always expect me to say something else, but that's really it. Yeah. I, you know, having run a large public company, I can tell you that it's hard enough to make a profit when you focus on it. Correct. Let alone when your focus is on changing the world consistent with some collectivist political agenda. That changes all the time. And we do have one other, we have one other ETF you can buy now. It's called a Society Defended. And the companies that we exclude from this ETF are ones that, that support defunding the police, oppose the Second Amendment, oppose border security. Uh, it's EGIS. It's also on Ameritrade or through your broker. And it's actually performed better than the Life Fund. They both perform better than the S&P that crazy? or the uh, or is the that Russell divine 1, providence, or what do you think that is? Well, I, it, number one, it's picking stocks that I think are have have CEOs or management whose heads in the right place. You know, you're you really are kind of focused on what your company's going to be doing, uh, profit wise, not politically. And secondly, we apply financial methodologies. Uh, once we pick those stocks, we hone it down to what the stocks we think right. will be the best. Right. And right. so you've got the good, the strong financial methodology. In fact, on our ETFs. The uh, stock pickers we use are Art Laffer Jr. and Nancy Tengler of Laffer <laughs> Tengler Inc. And they're yeah. both very, very qualified yeah, and good people. Good. So this is our way. We're, we're out there with products now fighting this. Thank God you're fighting it with the, uh, with the organization you have here that's opposed to ESG. Uh, there are other, you know, each state has to fight. Al- Alec came out. I drafted a law about three, four months ago uh, that makes it a breach of fiduciary duty for fiduciaries, right. these pension fund fiduciaries, to invest in ESG as opposed to profit motivated. Correct. It really, I really just took what was in ERISA, which is a federal law that doesn't right. govern state plans, and a, a regulation that Gene Scalia got passed when he was Secretary of Labor and combined mm-hmm. them into a, a state law and took the voting rights away. I said the state has to take all the voting rights away from all of these fund managers and they'll vote the darn shares themselves. Uh, and not let mm. them pressure these CEOs. Mm-hmm. Now, Alec adopted that legislation. It's I think it's called the State Fiduciary Duty Act. Uh, that's the American Legislative Council that does a lot of 
conservative legislation. So it's been adopted, and we've been talking about it here in your meeting. Good, good. And I think we're going to get some action on it next year. So we are fighting back, but nobody, nobody should underestimate. This This is a huge threat. You thought communism was a threat. You thought uh, Bernie Sanders and oh, AOC and their, their ridiculous version of socialism was a threat. Yeah. You know, th- these were th- – th- that was penny-any stuff. Yeah, we are currently paying – yeah, we are currently paying for it at the pump. That, that. I, I think there's a good argument that ESG investing, by driving up the price of gasoline, the price of oil, mm-hmm. empowered Vladimir Putin to, to uh, invade the Ukraine. He couldn't have done it if he didn't have the money. You'll recall Ronald Reagan defeated the Soviet Union right. by driving down the price of oil. Correct. Well, we drove it up with our ESG investing, yep. and now we've got people in the Ukraine paying the price for that. Andy Puzder is with us. He is the executive chairman of Second Vote Advisors. Um, where can we find the information? If we're There's a website called Second Vote Advisors. You have to put advisors in, though, or you'll end up other okay. places. But Second right. Vote, two, the number two ND Vote Advisors, with okay. an ERS at the end. Uh, uh, so you can go to that website. Okay. Um, I want to talk to you about something else that I haven't really heard people talk about, and maybe they've been talking about it in the meetings that you're having across the brickyard here. Um, and that is, it's not just using our money at the state level, using our money to work against us. It is also giving the, um, the radical left the ability to shut states down. Uh, what we did to Vladimir Putin, that was ESG in action. Uh, and the biggest corporations in the world, McDonald's, they didn't want to do this. And then they said, well, we might have some reputational risk at stake, so we're going to go along with it. That was ESG. And if these states decide that they're going to go after CRT or they're not going to have you know bathrooms for all genders... This can be turned on them, and I mean shut them down like states have never seen before. It's true. In fact, this happened in Georgia, as you recall. They went to the transgender bathroom, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and there was a, they, people were boycotting the state, and they backed off. We do have some governors that won't back off, Governor DeSantis in Florida being the yeah. prime example. You go after him, he's going to go after you. It's yeah. very much like a Donald Trump type thing. Yes. You know, you're 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 you you can oppose him, you can argue with him, you go after him, he's going to come back at you. You were you were um, going to be um, what? What were you? What did he name you to? He he nominated me for Secretary of Labor. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but I, you know, the attack from the left was uh, was uh, was vicious to say the least. I bet. Uh, It was it was a tough period to go through because I'd been advised not to go. I I was told I couldn't go on TV to defend myself. They were uh, the people that were running this said, no, don't worry about it. You're going to get confirmed. Well, you know, I I mean, I was a trial lawyer. I'd been on TV a lot. Uh, Uh, It really wasn't an issue for me, but I didn't didn't want to defend myself. And the attacks finally weakened some Republican. Uh, But a lot of this was because of what I had done with the pro-life movement. Quite honestly, I was attacked. Sure. They, you know, they, uh, yeah. they really don't want you if you've done something meaningful for the, uh, exactly the right. Exactly right. Do you think I've talked to Donald Trump about ESG and I'm not sure it completely clicks with him. Have you talked to him about it? Does he understand what it is? I haven't talked to him for a couple of months. Um, and we did not talk about ESG when I spoke with him, but look, it, 
you give me five minutes with him and you know i'll yeah. get five minutes at some point and yeah, he'll yeah, understand yeah, yeah. it this is not he'll, he'll get this quickly yeah. what he, the what people think they think well it's like stakeholder capitalism and that's really not a real thing exactly you know? right but, that's the biggest thing we fight is yeah. people think they either dismiss it as a conspiracy theory or they dismiss it as it's not really that powerful it's not going to happen yeah that, that, that people need to understand that it's it this isn't the CEOs of these companies making decisions to do these these leftist collectivist agenda item type things. This is the people that control their companies. This is the people that own the stock of their companies. Yep. Look what happened with Exxon. You had a little bitty hedge fund decided to want it called engine number one, wanted to put a couple of environmentalists on the board of Exxon. Well, guess what? These large investment funds, BlackRock, Vanguard, they owned about 21% of Exxon, voted all their shares in favor of putting the environmentalist on Exxon's board at a time when oil is going through the ceiling, right? The price is going up and it's up nuts. and up. And we're going to put environmentalists on Exxon's board. And it, and it succeeded. Now, the it, real problem hang is- Hang on, we're gonna, we have to hit a break okay. here. Um, Andy Puzder, he is uh, with second 2 ndvoteadvisorscom na, na, na. 